This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Four, Coming Home. Chapter One. Assam and Darjeeling waited, listening as the front door latched behind them, a quiet, gentle noise, one they knew quite well. It was the sound of afternoon snacks after school, the sound of their mother coming home after a late night at work, the sound of a friend come to visit, and the sound of going out to play. It was, in any number of ways, the sound of home. They stood in the entryway, the stairs running up one side, the doorway to the living room on the other, and the long hallway leading straight back to the kitchen. Are we home? G's voice sounded flat and hollow in the dead air. She dropped it to a whisper. Is this our house? Assam had no idea how to answer her question. They were, obviously, standing in the front hallway of their house, the house they had lived in their whole lives. To one side of the door he saw the scuffed baseboard where they threw their backpacks after school, unmistakable. Once a year, at the start of summer, their father would paint over the marks and they would start fresh. They were home, and yet that was impossible. They couldn't be home. It was home, but nothing felt quite right. They moved from room to room, everyone empty and stripped of all furniture, laid bare to the walls. A thick layer of dust lay over everything, the corners of every room were practically furry with it. There were old nails and stained squares on the walls where pictures had once hung. The cupboard doors in the kitchen gaped open, hollowed out inside. The faucet, when turned on, let out a gasp of stale air, somewhere below a rattle of pipes. Upstairs was no different as above, so below. They could not bear to explore the hollow shell of their parents' room, stopping only to peek in through the door before moving on to their own. Assam stood in the center of his room, listening to his sister's footsteps echo across the bare floor in her room next door. In his mind, he saw her open the closet door, searching for some scrap of her life and family in this hollow husk of a house. No, he realized. She was just looking for some shoes. Beyond her room, he could feel the house itself, empty, inert with gray and neglect. There was nothing out there, not a ripple or a flicker of what they had once been. There was no joy in this house, he thought to himself. There had never been. He could not hear even the faintest echo of old laughter. Little fingers like his had never torn the paper and ribbon from a gift or tapped out a tune on the piano. No child had ever played here. No parent had ever smiled. It wasn't just a dead place. It was stillborn. It had never drawn breath. He was still standing there, staring at the floor when his sister came in. So now what? She started to ask, but he cut her off with a wave of his hand. What? she whispered. What is it? He put a finger to his lips, slowly lowered it to point to the floor. Dusty footprints wandered here and there. He passed his finger in a wide arc, tracing the looping spiral trails. 
I don't think all those are mine, he said softly, putting his foot into one of the prints. It was much larger than his boot. An adult's foot made that mark. He stepped into another one, and then another, tracing the steps throughout the room. He followed them to the window, then to the door. He took a few tentative steps into the hallway, but the only footprints he saw out there were his own and his sister's. He stepped backwards into the room, following the path of the prince to the window, and then back to the door once more. He stood in front of the open doorway, studying the patterns at his feet, the dusty maze traced into the floor. After a moment, he raised his hand and closed the door. Back home, back at their real home, not this empty place, Assam had a hook on the back of his door for hanging up his towel and bathrobe. Below the hook was a tall mirror his mother had brought home one day and attached to the back of his door. Now you can check your style she told him with a wink. It had never quite occurred to Assam before that he might have a style, nor would he have known where to check for it if he had. So he'd more or less forgotten about the mirror, except when he remembered or was reminded to hang up his towel. A few months after his mother had put up the mirror, one of the girls at school had smiled at him during lunch and said that she liked his hair. She was a year older than Assam and a bit taller as well, not that it mattered. Since then, he had found himself somewhat more interested in the mirror, checking himself in the back of his door every morning before he left for school. But in this place, the mirror on the back of the door was broken. A thin crack ran down the face of it, from the upper right to the lower left corner. How did that break? his sister asked from behind him. He stared into her eyes, reflected, looking into his own. It had been so long since he had seen his own face. He reached out his hand to touch the cool surface, the reflection of his palm splitting open, divided and doubled where it overlapped with the crack. Assam tilted his head to one side, watching his reflection skip over the crack and continue on the other side, splitting his face in two. So now what? G was growing impatient behind him, and he could tell that the emptiness of the room, the emptiness of the house all around them, made her uneasy. Now, he said as he laid his hand across the crack, now we find out what's really going on around here. He sounded a lot cooler than he actually felt, but he did the best he could with it. And then, gently, he pushed against the crack. There was a grating sound as the mirror buckled under the weight of his palm and fell inward with a crash. Assam stepped back, shaking the glass off his hand. Did you cut yourself? No, he said. He stepped forward to inspect the door. There was a hole there where the mirror had hung. Beyond the mirror, no, within it, there was a hallway leading forward into darkness. Assam stepped back and opened the door once more. Outside, he saw the door to his sister's room, his parents' room further up, the bathroom at the end of the hall, the top of the banister leading downstairs. It was not the same hallway as what he had seen on the other side of the door. He closed the door again and poked his head into the space where the mirror had been. 
The dusty, cluttered passage still waited on the other side. Broken shards of the mirror glinted dully on the floor. He stepped back and opened the door again. The hallway outside was open and light, the floor clear of glass. He looked at his sister and experimentally stuck his hand through the open space on the back of the door. His hand did not come through the other side. The front of the door remained smooth and unbroken. He stuck his arm in further, almost to the shoulder. He waved his other hand on the other side of the door, nothing but air. How are you doing that? G whispered. He shook his head and pulled his arm back out. Gently, he closed the door once more and turned to her. Wait for me here, and she was already shaking her head. No way. Wait for me here, he said again. If I'm not back in a couple of minutes, I'm going with you, she said, scared but defiant. You're not. You're going to wait for me here. If I don't come back, you're going to go back the way we came. The queen will help you. Her name is Winterly. I know her name, he said gently, and she knows yours. She likes you and she'll help you. G glanced to the window. What about Edgar? I could go... No way, he said. No, you can't trust him. You did. I didn't. I just let him believe that I did. What about the deal he made with us? The deal he made with me, Assam said. Not with you. If I'm gone, I don't want you to go in there. Assam didn't want to either, but... I have to. Why? Because it's what happens next. He realized as he said it that it was true. This is what had to happen. Everything so far had led them to this point, and it had to be done or it would never be over. He touched his sister's cheek, his fingertips breaking through the tears gathering there and sending them rolling down her face. She grabbed him tight and buried her face in his arm. I don't want you to go, she said again. He squeezed her for a moment, feeling very much like his father. Wait for me, he told her, but don't wait too long. And then he pulled away. She stepped back, her face streaked with dust and tears, and watched as he carefully lifted first one leg and then the other over the bottom of the hole where the mirror had been. He was standing in the door, one leg in and one leg out. He looked at her and swallowed. Are you okay? she asked. I'm okay. He looked away up the dark passage behind, beyond the door. Don't wait too long, he said again. How long is too long? A couple of minutes. How will I know? She lifted up her hand, showing him her wrists. I don't have a watch. He thought for a moment. Count to 100. No, better make it 200. No, you know what? What? Sing a song. When it's over, if I'm not back, then you can go. What song should I sing? I don't know. He felt very uncomfortable standing in between two places like this, he felt exposed in them both. 
and then pick something. How about happy birthday? Something longer than that. Come on. He looked up the dark passageway. And don't sing too loud either. Okay. He nodded and pulled his leg in. He looked back at her through the door. You look like a poster, she told him. He posed awkwardly and then gave her a weak smile. Yeah, I'm a boy band. Your mom's a boy band. She didn't smile, not even for her own joke. They looked at each other for a long moment. He nodded and moved up the passage away from her. After a few steps, he turned back to wave, his palm a pale blur in the dim light beyond. She waved back, and then he turned a corner and was gone. G watched the black rectangle for a few moments, half expecting him to come back right away. When he didn't, she took a breath and, quietly, began to sing. Desperado why don't you come to your senses? She stepped back into the room and, eyes on the door, waited and sang her song. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and read by the author, T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. Even listening to the damn thing is probably illegal these days. In fact, you should stop right now, just in case the feds are closing in on you. I'd wipe your hard drive, too, just to be safe. You don't want them to find all those Firefly episodes you downloaded from BitTorrent, do you? Wait. Did you hear that? Just outside the window? I think it was one of their robotic hounds. The new models have night vision, you know. And now they see everything. Oh my god, I think... I think they might already be in the house. <laughs>